Because you know why? Why? Because it feels right. It feels right. Legendary. Press that button. We're here. We're here. Fresh off, uh, Adam, you're fresh off a of championship Sunday. Not playing, yes. but commentating, which is a bigger deal, I feel like. Way better. Way yeah. better. Not going to lie. Uh, yeah. Well, eh, yeah. Anyway. Less stress, I'm sure. Yes. No, that's that. That's for sure. Uh, i tell you what, Robert. Uh, I'm in a special place. Uh, travel, small child, no sleep, three shots of espresso. So I'm in that, like, kind of middling area where I'm a little delirious. So if I, you know, if I'm staring at the wall or whatever during this, just don't yeah. worry about it. It's all good. Uh, I mean, I texted you this morning seeing if we could go today and that Leia was going to come on by, by her own request. Yes. And, <laughs> and you're like, okay, we're absolutely doing this podcast. And even though like I was going to bail cause I'm so tired, I was going to push to tomorrow. Leia's coming on. It's fresh off a incredible match on championship Sunday against Anna Lee. And uh, it'll, yeah, I, there's some controversy in that match. There's some, there's, there's a lot of storylines there. So I'm excited to have her on. Uh, yeah, no question about it. Is there, do do I have to turn you up or can you turn yourself up? Is that possible, Robert? Is now better? No, it's better, 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 same, better, same. better. So it has to be me, huh? Uh, my little settings should be automatically adjusting my audio based on it says automatically adjust mic volume. And yeah, that's good enough. We'll 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 get through it. But yes, uh, Robert, I mean. I mean, I, I prefer doubles. I really do. Uh, obviously, to play and actually as a uh, spectator as well. But yeah. my goodness, that match was amazing. Uh, the energy, the back and forth, uh, just kind of the uh, uh, just Leia, just different strategy. Uh, you, you could see the frustration on, on Annalise's face, and it was just much different than a lot of the previous meetings. And not only inside the lines, but outside the lines and the crowd as well. A little rowdy and a little different yeah. than some of the previous crowds we've had at PPA tournaments. So it was it was it was a mix of uh pretty interesting and entertaining things going on uh yesterday. Yeah I think we uh, I think we I think we hold our thoughts and uh analysis of that singles match until we have Leia join us. But um yeah, I mean, that was, we've talked a lot about like, should singles even exist? And that, not just us. I mean, a lot of even players are like, singles is terrible. Nobody likes it. You know, <laughs> let's just do away with it, except for a select few tournaments. And then you have like, man, there's been like a little streak of like really incredible singles matches, you know, going back to even uh, the Sobek, uh, I think it's Vukovic uh, match in New York where, Dude, like I know there's been some there's been some bad feedback on the crowds in New York. And you know, Memes of Pickleball did did a little shot on that second court where it's a big grandstand and it's just empty bleachers. And yes, <laughs> that spot was empty, but I'm telling you, the the championship court crowd, like it was like the bleachers were high and the crowd is going pretty high up into the bleachers. And you know, you like we were hearing, you know, the singles match I think was first on that day for Championship Sunday and you know, Andre and I are like back in the players area, literally hearing like roars of a crowd, like for the first time ever in pickleball, um, <laughs> you know, especially, yeah, at an APP for sure. And, you know, we're hearing William, William, like people are chanting Sobek, you know, people yes. are chanting Sobek's yes. name and we're like, this is, this is how it should be. So I don't know. I know, I know APP has gotten a little flack for, for crowds and stuff, but the championship Sunday crowd was legit. 
Um, maybe the camera didn't capture it, but it was it was lively and energetic and super fun and you know, no different from the PPA. From what I saw, you were there in person, but from what I saw on camera, I mean, it looked pretty boisterous and fun and raucous. And, you know, I, I sent out a story asking, you know, saying we had Leia coming on and any questions. And one of the questions wasn't directed towards Leia. It was more directed towards that PPA tournament. And obviously it was no secret that, you know, there was a party bus of SMU <laughs> frat boys that came up. So uh -huh. the question was, you know, were they brought in by the PPA to create this environment or do they come on their own, you know, come on their own just because they wanted to come watch pickleball. And I don't know if you have an answer to that, but I think a lot of people are thinking the same thing. Yeah, no, I mean, I think it's pretty clear that uh, uh, the rowdiness and some of the during point yelling that maybe previously there even could have been some discussion about from the referees or, or what was okay. They just seemed to let it slide. Don Stanley, you know, very by the book, very stern. He was just letting it happen. So I think it has to be a point of emphasis from the PPA, you know, to go to that non-tennis route, a little more rowdy. Yeah. There was even some like specific names being said during the point and things yeah. like that. Uh, uh, it was an early round match. It wasn't particularly close, but uh, Matt Wright was obviously going to dink a ball and someone yells, do it to him, Matt. And he just like flips, he flips it like 10 feet long or something. Like that. <laughs> so, um, you know, they, they, I mean, I heard uh, do it to him, Benny boy. I heard yeah. they were chanting Megan D's on they, Megan, Megan, like during the point when she's about to hit shots. And, uh, you know, I, I don't really hate it. It was a little maybe shocking even from uh, uh being in the booth commentating because i was hearing everything with the mics pick up all that stuff so uh it was a little interesting but i i think i'm okay with it and i don't have a problem with that and my question rob is i know a lot of people are not going to like this there's a lot of people that do and a lot of people that don't but can the people that do not with a little bit of time could they possibly change their mind in terms of the atmosphere of the crowd? Yeah, I don't, from what I've heard, Adam, I don't think it's so much the, the atmosphere of the crowd. I think it's more so the players barking at each other and like staring down and walking to the, walking to the net and like, you know, pumping their fists in their face. To me, it seems like most of the issues I've heard from, you know, viewers, fans are that aspect of the sport where it's unsportsmanlike versus when the crowd's just rowdy and saying stuff in the middle of the point, which you could also look at as unsportsmanlike, but it's been less, I think that's been less prevalent than, than players going at each other, like, which we see a lot of at MLP. And I'll be curious to see kind of like what the status is in terms of, you know, player behavior at MLP and if they're going to crack down on getting stricter with cards or if they're going to let it go a little bit more and just let players do what players want to do and encourage the crowd to get rowdy. It'll be, yeah, I think, you know, we're in this ever-evolving landscape of pickle, pro pickleball and, who, you know, this identity crisis of what do we want it to look like and and what's it going to be. And I think, you know, yeah, like you said, PPA is seeming to, and MLP as well, seeming to, you know, lean a little bit more towards the raucous, rowdy environment, which, hey, I think it's fun. Yeah, I well, uh, Robert, being a... Uh, high-end content creator and pickleball influencer i have you know i have some birdies out sprinkled among the pickleball community and i think there might possibly be a party bus or some college age intoxicated uh uh, uh frat guys coming to mlp 
Uh, I don't know exactly which team they'll be cheering from or who's bringing them in, but I think the the atmosphere might even be up a notch in San Clemente. So uh, I'm here for it. I'm here for it. Let's go. It's a, I mean, look, if I'm Tim Parks and I am an owner of the Hard Eights and, you know, I'm Adam Stone and I'm a GM of the Hard Eights, I'm pushing hard for my ownership to to recruit a party bus of people that are going to be wild for your team. Like, it's a big advantage, man. <laughs> it's like, like honestly, in New York, when Susanna and I were playing, like, Susanna's brother and family were there, and they were, like, leading chants in the crowd. Like, it was, it, it helps a lot in terms of, you know, pickleball can be a frustrating sport out there, and, you know, things don't always go your way, but if you have, like, you know, crowd support, it's a big deal. I think yeah, even I- more so than tennis, so. Yeah. It's a big advantage. Yeah, I, I I don't care what you think or what or what you say. There is a percentage of professional pickleball players that do not like it and will affect them in some way, shape, or form if they oh, yeah. feel like they're getting cheered against or too aggressively. And yeah. some 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 of those mentally tough players rolls right off their back, don't even yeah. think about it. Some just not the case, and that's how it's always going to be. People yeah. are people; they're different. Everyone reacts. Uh, they're all professionals out there, but everyone reacts differently. So I, I, I yeah, bring it. Let's go. Uh, ma- make it rowdy. Make it different. Uh, get get the energy as high as possible. And I'm a firm believer, Rob. The more energy there is, the better the product points and a whole production of, of what pickleball is. Oh, I agree. And I think I think it's honestly it creates a, a interesting aspect of seeing how players handle and see how players react and see how mentally tough they are and see them grow through that. Because, you know, not, not everybody came from college tennis and like experienced some level of that kind of rowdiness, which is, I would say probably the closest, um, you know, comp to where pro pickleball is with like MLP and the rowdiness is like, you know, solid college tennis match where you have active, you have active cheering against you, aggressively during yes. points <laughs> yes, yes. Um, and a lot of these a lot of these people didn't play college tennis you know they're kids as well very young in their teens and it'll be curious uh, it'll be really interesting to see um kind of the mental toughness aspect of the sport and see how that evolves with players too yeah and i, I think i saw I, I don't know i saw somebody commented or posted something and it was something along the lines of which i agree with it's clear that these type of situations or uh, uh, just if she feels like it's at her a little bit, Annalie Waters does not like it. But no. at the same time, Annalie Waters always wins. So what happens if she's in this situation and she sprinkles in a few losses or some yeah. of the players get a little bit better and she takes a couple L's? Is it going to be kind of like it is right now or or could it be something be more of an issue you know you know with with that situation so well, uh, i mean she's got to lose first <laughs> yeah i mean we haven't we haven't seen her lose a lot right but we yeah. have we have seen her lose an mlp and it right. hasn't those always those haven't always been handled very well you know yeah which, that first round the fir- the first round in florida with the with the uh the hard, the hard eights. eights it was yeah. It was just flat out spicy. That's all. That's all you can say. Uh, yep. I'm, I'm sure there's plenty of videos and posts about it, but it, it, it was spicy stuff and uh, emotions running high and and um, emotions after the match as well. So yeah, yeah, we'll just we'll, we'll just have to see. On the yeah, and man, at the same time, right? Like she hasn't lost enough to really to really experience that or you know understand how to how to how to manage that and handle that. But we have seen it a little bit, like like we mentioned. But um, 
man, like as much as I was rooting for Leia to win that match, and we'll talk more about it when she comes on. God, it's like you think you think Annalie's gonna fold, but dude, for being so young, she's so like you know she's mentally tough in those moments and those big points. Like she wants it so bad, and she always comes through on those big points, which is super impressive. You got to give her credit where credits due. You know, it's you you think she, okay, she's gonna feel a little pressure, and I'm sure she is, but she she somehow always gets through it. It's wild, right? So w- with that age to have an occasional reaction like she does, which disgust, upset that, that we all do, but I don't think it carries over to her gameplay, which, yeah, which is but, really shocking for someone so young. Normally it's so hard to separate those two. You get a little bit older, more experienced, sure. But at that age, there's always almost some form of overlap and carry over to on-court play. And I, if ever, have very rarely seen that happen to Annalie. So I think it is... Uh, you know, something that needs to be mentioned and and pretty impressive, really. No, it's a good point. Like there are a couple you know, put away she missed. And I was like, OK, for most players, that's going to carry over into like absolute frustration that you didn't end the game right there. And that could leak into a missed return or a bad return or just like a slight mental lapse because pickleball, those, these points move fast. Right. It's not mm-hmm. like tennis where you have a solid time between points to reset mentally. Like that's the challenge with pickleball is it's fast point, fast point. And it's really hard to find that reset mentally, but she's, she's doing it, dude. And it's, you know, hats off. It's good. Yep. Triple, triple nine in a row, nine events in a row. So, uh, yep. Kudos to her. And yeah. And we'll, well, like I said, we'll, we'll get a, like you said, we'll get a little more into the, some of the strategy when Leia comes on because it was a very interesting strategic match. Uh, also, uh, a couple uh, – did you notice on the live stream when they were checking paddles, they had some light? The the referees had some, like, little flashlight, blue light type thing. I don't know if they were checking, like, maybe the USAPA sticker or or possibly some form of grit, but uh, they, they had those little lights. They were checking all the paddles before the match, and they, they upgraded instead of uh, clipboards. They got iPads now, so, you yeah. know, just stepping it up a little bit. That's all – old Don Stanley out there with yep. the iPad rocking it. So, yeah. uh, you know, that, that, that was pretty cool. And I tell you what, this, it was some real stuff with the heat this weekend. Uh, I mean, yeah, just, I mean, just it, for it, an example is Colin Schick finishes 17 games in Florida when uh, he made that incredible run 17 games in one day after the very first game, he was struggling with an ice pack on his Stop. on his back and underneath his knees, and he had to pull out of the event. I happened to go to the restroom at the same time Ignatowicz was in there on men's doubles day, and that that poor bastard was like delirious. Like he was like, "Man, I can't really see straight. I don't know what to do. I I I, I think I'm gonna have to pull out." Like it was it was some real stuff affecting these guys, and uh, when you have that combination of heat and humidity. Uh, it's it's pretty wild sometimes. What was it though? Because it didn't seem like compared to Florida heat, like just looking at the numbers, right? Like I saw that it got to like high 80s, maybe hit 90, but humidity was about 50%, which it's humid, but it's not like, it's not necessarily like Florida humidity where you're getting, right. you know, 70% plus humidity. But I mean, 50% humid, don't get me wrong. Sure, sure. But it just doesn't, it didn't seem like it was going to be that much of an issue. And it seemed like it was, it was probably one of the top storylines of the weekend of how, yeah, it was, how brutal it, it, it was. Yeah, it was just so sticky. It was the ball was crazy, like not coming up, longer points, and all that stuff. So I, so I, I don't know if it was, yeah, whatever. Uh, 
maybe it was just because it was the first one kind of like that, you know, yeah. kind of coming out of the spring season or, or those first couple months of the year when it's mostly cooler weather. So may, maybe that had something to do with it as we get into the dog days of summer, you know, it, everyone might be a little more, you know, acclimated to the heat, but it, it and, and it, I think it might've affected the ball more than I've ever seen, maybe even more than some of even the U S opens before. Uh, and you could tell, I mean, I was before, uh, before Hannah Johns came on and did the interviews, uh, myself and Cameron were doing it and almost all the players had something to say about the ball and the conditions and, and the adjustments they were making. So, uh, obviously a factor. Seems like a, Interesting scheduling move to do a Texas tournament in June. Like, why not? Why not reverse the uh, the Minnesota in February with Texas and have Minnesota right. in June? But right. you know, coordinating uh, that's, that's for other people. Yeah, I mean, there has to be there, there has to be a reason. I mean, who knows? Yeah. It could be anything: sponsors, this, that, uh, venue, yeah. price, and anything. So, uh, but yeah, I mean, it does seem a little counterintuitive. But uh, I think also at the same time, I think the. I think the PPA has had some pretty bad luck uh, with some of the weather and some yeah. of the last handful of events. So, you this know, is what happens when you have outdoor pickleball, Adam. Yeah. <laughs> there you go. Perfect this segue. Is, You're welcome. This is welcome, the mess Robert. you get yourself into by having outdoor tournaments. <laughs> <laughs> no, I absolutely. I know. I, I know. I talk a lot about indoor pickleball, and I do think it's probably like the most ideal. But at the same time, there's something to be said for dealing with some elements. You know, like dealing with the, the ball softening up, the heat. Um, it creates more adversity, which you have to battle through, which is always, you know, for better or worse for the players, it's, it's fun to watch, uh, players have to manage different things yeah. than just perfect conditions all the time. But at the same time, I saw, I saw a new policy by the PPA this weekend that I had never heard of. Like, I think we actually talked about it on the podcast talking about, uh, at the beginning of the year, I think Punta Gorda APP, the wind was bonkers. It was like a 25 mile oh, yeah. hour sustained winds and it was talking about, I think the ITA collegiate tennis has a 20 mile per hour rule mm -hmm. for a tennis ball, mm -hmm. which is much heavier than a pickleball. And I saw for the first time that there is a 15 mile per hour sustained wind rule with the PPA. And I think winds were at 17 miles per hour. So they pushed the women's double semifinal to Sunday morning rather than Saturday evening, which is when it was happening. Um, kind of at an inopportune time for Leah and Jesse who were serving at nine ten one against Catherine and Anna Lee. Uh, so that was the first I'd ever seen of any kind of wind wind restriction or wind rule actually put into effect or even mentioned or heard of. Do you know anything about that? Was that talked about at all? Adam, I think it's frozen. Happened. I just kind of got the email that said, wind advisor, you're going to reconvene, uh, you know, the next day. So I don't exactly know who has that final say. Maybe all the players have to agree. One, if just kind of like if it's raining, if it's a little damp, you know, if one player doesn't want to play, that's it. Uh, so yeah. maybe maybe Leia can, you know, shed a little bit more light into the, you know, the procedures that went on through through that. But yeah, yeah, I think the only other time I can remember it was probably about four years ago in Las Vegas and we were supposed to play at the Plaza yep. and it was like literally like 35 miles per hour or something like that. And we ended up going to a, to a, a basketball gym and played on a gym floor. So uh, that's, that's yeah. In my seven years, th those are the only two times I've seen uh, play suspended due to uh, wind. And 17s. I mean, it's, 
like I would say, yeah, 15 is probably a good number, but we're going to, there's going to be lots of tournaments where it's over 15, like 17 right. doesn't seem that egregious to, to halt play. In my opinion, when you're at a semifinal trying to like, especially in the middle of the game. Um, so that, yeah, that was pretty surprising, but you know, I'll be curious to see if that kind of holds up the rest of the, the rest of the year and is, uh, cause I think we'll see quite a few tournaments with wins over 15 happens often. Uh, yeah, so I guess I guess really the big word for that is sustained wins. Uh, sustained, I mean, because yeah. the gusts, I mean, there's lots of 2025 20, gusts that that is probably sustained, you know, less than 15 or 17 or whatever. So, yeah. Uh, but yeah, no, you're right. I mean, Florida. I mean, it's, I mean, it gets windy, so it's just part of the deal uh, in a lot of places, not just uh, you know pigeonholed to a couple. So uh, yeah, the, uh, we'll have to see what Leia says in, in terms of of what happened with the. Uh, with the wind and, and you know how that decision was made. Yeah. Speaking of Leia, she, uh, she should be hopping on any moment here. <laughs> I'm sure she is just, uh, going to be cool, calm and collected and non-controversial. <laughs> yeah. I think she was disappointed in, um, how tame our last one was with her. She was like, guys, we didn't even get to talk about anything fun. Like, yeah, we got squeezed. Didn't we get squeezed out? Somebody had to do something. Right? Yeah, it was me. I had to go to the doctor. Yeah. Yeah. Health. Silly, silly stuff. Silly stuff. Yeah. Uh, she, okay. She's coming on in two minutes. So okay. two minute, we got, this is the two minute warning. We've got a, the, let's do the two minute drill. Two minute drill. Yeah. I don't know what that is, but uh, yeah, that's what I was. I was wondering you, you called it. So I'm, I'm, I'm waiting. Well, I'll give it a little shout. Oh, one, this is probably a perfect opportunity to talk about our sponsors, Adam, oh, which yeah. is Selkirk Pickleball, best paddles in the game. Uh, I know you hit with the power error, but I, I've never gotten an update. So how was it? Oh, baby. So I actually played on Wednesday five or six games before I slightly cramped up because it was just so ridiculous. Shocking, I know. But I actually got to play. I played several games against Jesse and Leia and mm-hmm. – I tell you what, some of those little scoopers go in with the power it grabs, so, it grabs it. Yeah, exactly. So I, I did a couple of scoopers up the line and kind of at the right shoulder of the left side player that was in front of me. And, you know, they let it go and it went in. And I was like, oh, my God. They, I mean, I normally don't hit attacks in a lot. Uh, they're, um, almost all of them are going out. So it yeah. was kind of exciting. So here we go. How is the how is the touch and feel? It's gonna. T- I know it's probably gonna take a minute to dial, but yeah. Oh, I mean, I mean, I played with the exact same paddle for like six and a half years with yeah. with, with no switches whatsoever. So I would say dinking completely fine. Yeah. Uh, you know, you, the transition soft, stuff. I mean, yeah. I mean, when you have downy soft hands, you have downy soft <laughs> hands. That's just how it goes. Uh, tra- the only thing I will say, transition. I will have to dial it in a little bit. You know, it's got a little bit more. Uh, a little more firmer, a little more clean when you hit it well. And yep. so uh, I, I probably hit a couple throat high uh, midcourt shots that, that got pounded back at me. But, you know, that's that's just something that's going to have to happen. And I think what it brings to the table uh, is definitely positive for my game. Yeah. How'd counters feel? Oh, solid. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah I had a couple a couple of nice combinations where, uh, it, I mean, it's got good life. So if I was basically – if I was basically able to get any form of down, it was it was pretty much pretty much Stop. over. Uh, if not that ball, the, the next one. So uh, yeah, I was I was pretty happy with it, and uh, yeah, I'm 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 I mean I'm excited to commentate and coach and GM at MLP, but I'm also excited to get there a couple days early, a couple days early and play rec with everyone. So uh, yeah. in reasonable weather, 
Uh, it's going to be like <laughs> oh, it 60s, looks perfect. It looks 60s, unreal. low 70s. It's just yeah. going to be amazing. So, that's that's my stuff. ideal. That's my ideal setup. Hell yeah, I can get more than three games in. <laughs> well, I don't know. That's <laughs> the six. The high 60s is, as you would say, it sneaks up on you. That's when you least expect it, bro. That's cramping weather. That's right. <laughs> Not even prepared for it, and just boom, it happens. <laughs> Adam, our very first our very first podcast was at MLP Newport almost a year ago, I think ten months ago, and it was August. Had to be early August, right? Our first pod in the mansion. In the mansion, yeah, yeah. Was, we were in the mansion of some sort. It was pretty sweet. It was a nice place. Uh, we had prof there too. Like it was, it was great in person. That was the debut episode. I think we need. Uh, we're going to need prof a little bit more sometimes because she's. Oh, I'm, I'm bringing her on next episode with the baby for a, a little light Q and a just, you know, a little five minute segment for the prof and baby. What do you think? I travel like my travel stuff. Cause I try not to check a bag. I'm leaving for California tomorrow. Mm-hmm. I have, I have this little mobile setup, this little mobile mic that I can take, but mm-hmm. you know what I really enjoy doing is in-person podcasts with kind of the equipment we have in person. It's not the same. It's yes. a little bit more cumbersome to bring. Mm-hmm. Do you think we will do an in-person podcast? Cause I have three mics. We can have guests as well. While you're yeah, at an MLP, I, I, I think we have to. I think we have to. It'd be a missed opportunity if we didn't. Yeah, and and we can. I mean, everyone gets there early. We can even do it like a Wednesday, uh, yeah. sometime on a Wednesday uh, before uh, Challenger starts on Thursday. So yeah, it has to happen. And and even and even uh, and even possibly Sunday too. The Thursday, Friday, Saturday. It is tough for me because it, it's yeah. a rough schedule. But I, I think we have to do it. It's just the the. It's the vibe good. is just slightly different in person as opposed to right here. So uh, let's make it happen. Oh, we have somebody in our waiting room. <laughs> dun, dun, dun. What's up, Leia? How's it going, guys? Oh, Leia. Hey there. I, I'll tell you what, Leia. I enjoyed chatting with you this past weekend and getting on the court a little bit as well. So, And you even made me... You even made me look good because I was telling you how good your your shaped deep serve with spin is. I talked oh, about it. Oh, the on, first point, I went. And back then the first point, boom! I was like, <laughs> "My girl, let's go, <laughs> money, let's go." That Perfect. Was, I mean, we, like, we you, don't we don't get paid two times the amount. That that was false advertising, by the way. All right, so Cuzmider saying what he got for fourth at the PPA, I guess in singles, is less than what he got at fifth place APP last year or something. For singles, yeah. I mean, I, I, I can see that probably. Got it. So they're not getting – so Alshon and Kuzmider both get fourth place to get paid the same? Yes. I mean, it's just on top of your appearance. appearance. Fee. Right. Yeah. Okay. But it the actual – We're only getting paid double for what we earn at MLP. MLP. We're not and, that's, yeah. and that's not appearance fee for your draft pick at MLP. It's just your earnings based on results, right? I believe so, yes. Okay. All right. Cool. Okay, so back to it. Welcome, Leah. <laughs> What's up? We can hear you now. And I know that's we awesome. uh, we didn't we didn't get into all the good stuff, you know, last time we had you on, so that's what we have you on today for. Especially awesome. coming especially coming off a uh, epic three um, three game match with Anna Lee yesterday in the gold medal match at the PPA Texas Open. And I know there's gonna be a lot to talk about here. So I'm just gonna let you do it. <laughs> I mean, what, 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 what do I got to say? I mean, I felt like, um, I, I mean, I tweeted about it a few weeks ago. I, I left Atlanta and I went straight to boot camp and I was yeah, in boot hungry. camp. I was in boot camp for 10 straight days. 
just um, and Atlanta, I I could not put a ball away. I felt like against Barry Brasha and then doubles, and I had been scared to go to a pop gear paddle just because when you're dialed with a control paddle in 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 the past. I, I switched from fiberglass and my doubles got a lot better because I, you know, I was known as inconsistent. I started making a lot of balls and I, I, I believe I have the most just natural power on the women's tour. I'm tall, I'm whippy, so I can really like crank a ball. So I didn't think I needed it. Me and Ed, maybe Edda Wright's got more, but either way I can, I can crack one. And, um, I just felt like I couldn't put a ball away. So I said, you know what, I'm going to go to the gym. I'm going to go train and I'm going to go use a powerful paddle and just, you know, not be a baby and just go do it. Um, so I felt pretty confident going into that match. I wasn't scared. Um, I was pretty pissed about the, the schedule because I felt like me and Jesse were getting screwed in a bronze and Jesse was going to get screwed playing with me after a singles match again. Um, so if anyone knows me, me going into a match pissed is not good for my opponent. So, yeah, I like, I didn't think it was just the paddle. I thought, I mean, obviously, like, I've been using a control paddle. So, I don't know if anyone noticed in 2021, but I used to just rock girls off, off the court. I, once I, <laughs> once I switched, I mean, I had no ground strokes. I just had a big serve and I came to the net and I could put the ball away. Then I switched to a control paddle, which was like much better for me and my development because I had to de develop ground strokes. I had to develop some stuff, but I knew once I got a power paddle back, I would be back in singles. Like I, I knew it. So, um, women's singles is the power game. So, I mean, that's, that's kind of what I felt about the match in my perspective. Uh, okay. <laughs> it's like, it's like what you just said though. It's, um, you know, people have said that you don't play well against Annalena, but it's, it's because she puts you under a lot yeah. of pressure. And I feel like that's actually what you did to her. I don't, I don't feel like Anna Lee played poorly yesterday. I feel like you put more pressure on her than she's ever seen. Honestly, like coming in on, you know, co coming in and the volleys you were stabbing at and getting everything and back. Like you made her hit one more ball so many, so many times. It's also maybe an increased power is like, I have, I, I, I have a really good trainer now. Like I've never been like, I've only done like holistic stuff, like neurofitness and factor training. I've never had anyone say, no, you're going to get in the gym and you're going to, your core is weak and your first step is slow. And that's what I did for two straight weeks. So maybe some extra power is coming from like, I'm building up my core and my first step is much more explosive and I'm whipping through the ball. Like, so yes, this pad, this paddle has extra power, but I'm like, I'm just doing a lot of things right now that I've never done before. And like, it, it, it was, it was just like pretty disappointing. And it's just kind of been a common, a common theme. Yeah. Um, and I'm just kind of like, for me, I feel like of how much I've meddled and stuff. Like if you were to ask a lot of general people, they never put me in that top echelon. And I've meddled with a lot of different partners and I'm always there in singles and I, I make pretty deep runs and mixed doubles now. So I, I just kind of feel like I'm, I'm done with the disrespects. Um, a lot of people, oh, just think like, oh, I don't like Catherine because of blah, blah, blah. No, I simply didn't like how they disrespected me. I didn't like, and I, I, I'm open about that. I think they basically told me I sucked for six months 
They wouldn't let me play the side that I wanted to play, even though I was a proven player over there. Just got told, he's the better player, so you're going to stay over there. Like, there was not a lot of trust. There was, so I'm just kind of, like, done with that. Like, I'm done with people talking down to me. I'm starting to gain a lot more confidence in my game. And for my talent level, there's no reason why I can't be number one. There's no reason why I can't be beating Annalie. I went into that match thinking I was going to win. So it, it just, like, was a narrative. And, like, yesterday was, like, the end point of, like, I'm not going to let anyone talk to me like that again. I'm not going to let – I've had pros and pros' husbands come to my face and be like, well, you're no – this person yet but you're almost there it's like why do you think that's okay to say to me I'm a good player um so I don't need to start having this uppity ego but I need to start understanding that I'm a lot better than what I'm given credit for and I'm gonna start showing it and yesterday was a huge like huge motivator for it you know um Anna, Anna Bright got a lot of flack when she came out and was like, I'm going to become number one in the world. I'm this, that, and the other thing. She gets kind of some flack about how she's outspoken, about how good she thinks she is. But that's why Anna Bright's so good. Got to be like that. Yeah, little, yeah, little swag. And I think what you just said really resonates and, and makes a lot of sense, Leia. And we heard a little bit of that from Megan Dizon as well. Not putting players on a pedestal, believing in yourself. And it just shows how ridiculously mental and, and how important it is to balance out the mental side and the physical side. Uh, you even heard uh, Jaume Martinez, who, who had a couple uh, uh, results in some previous tournaments, but he was just like, don't be happy to be there. Have the confidence to know that you are the player that can be in this moment and beat these players. And you are there with them as their peer, not one step behind. And so I, I really like what you said right there. And that's, that's the mindset you need to have to, to move to that upper echelon. Yeah. Yeah. I, I really, I really do think so. And I've always been known as one of the more talented players, but I can't put it together. And I, I do think it's because I don't have that. I don't like calling it uppiness, but sometimes I look at it with uppiness and I don't need to be like that, but I have to have the belief that I can be anyone because I, I can't. And really a problem all my life has been like, I, I've never believed it. And you know what? Now I'm going to start believing it. <laughs> and um, Leia, you talked about uh, uh, ALW forcing you into poor play, which she obviously does. Well, I think you did the exact same thing to her yesterday. Tell me a little bit about, uh, I mentioned on the broadcast about how a lot of people will just return or approach middle and then that's it. You were actually volleying middle after your approach and you were also one of Annalie's greatest strengths is probably her lateral movement. You did a nice job of moving her north to south as opposed to east to west. Tell me a little bit about that strategy and how you think it helped you. Yeah, so um, I, uh, I, I've known this for a while, but she just kind of, I, I can never get the ball deep enough. Um, so like, even with no angle, I just felt like I was getting crushed. Um, so I just went into that and saying like, no matter what, she's going to have to pass me 22 times with her, with her, with no angle. And, um, now that I'm moving better, I I feel like I'll I'll be able to cut everything off because everything, when I went back and watched all the matches before she's making balls like this. So that's like what I can't reach. But if I take away her angle, well, I should be able to reach everything. 
Um, so I, I did that and I felt like if I was ever uncomfortable on a volley, I was just going to leave it in the middle and keep it in front of me and then mix up my volleys because as you notice, then I was start, starting to be able to volley some deep and she didn't know which way I was going. No, no. Yeah, that's great. That's exactly right. And yeah, I mean, what, one of your best uh, assets is that that reach at the kitchen line and the ability to come up with shots on that full stretch. So when she doesn't have those targets, I mean, you're covering 80 plus percent of, of the possible shots there. So it's forcing her into passing combinations or possibly coming forward as opposed to just being able to beat you in one. So I, I thought it was a great strategy and definitely uh, you know, get, made her a little frustrated uh, with, with some of those uh, inability to pass you uh, up at the kitchen. So good stuff. Yeah. And she the, the thing that I also have a benefit of is I, I think I have really good hands. So when she tried cranking them at me, perfect. Like, you know, now that I have a paddle that I can feel like I can counter with before those used to work. But now I felt like, oh, come at me. That's that, like, that's what I want. So it's it, it put her in an uncomfortable situation. And to me, I don't like, I, now that this game plan's out there, that's fine. Like, I, I really don't know how she's going to adjust to it. I think she's going to start dropping some balls to my backhand. Um, but then that gets me in a cat and mouse game with her. And right. I won all those points. So right. I, I ever, a lot of people are like, well, she played terrible. She, she played terrible. And, uh, you played, uh, uh, and you played great. I, I don't think this was a fluke. I think I'm getting better. And I think I'm really starting to trust myself. Um, and I'm really starting to trust myself. So I, I really hope, I, I really hope that I can take this and not get too in my head and kind of build on it because I have a lot of confidence that I can beat her. Good. Yeah. And it's, maybe it's a, little mini blueprint. So, uh, some of the, a couple of those other girls that are, that are up there and quality players, maybe they can, you know, take a page from your book and possibly implement that into their strategy. Uh, so, and we'll have to see, it's, it's a game of adjustments, especially when you're playing the same player so much. So we'll see if Annalie comes out the same way next time, or she's got a couple new tricks that it's kind of fun, uh, to get that back and forth and kind of, uh, switch around the styles. Yeah, she's, I already know what she's going to do to counter it. She's going to drop it to my left foot. I'm already working on those. So. Yeah, right. And, yeah. And, and the thing is, is incredible footwork, incredible court coverage uh, from her. But she is only 5'6". And in singles, that's a big deal. That's a yep. big deal, especially when you bring her forward and get to cat and mouse. Uh, you, can, you can't outrun all the angles when you're up that close to the court. So uh, pre pretty legit strategy. Yeah, I mean, I, I don't I don't really know. I think I went away from it before because I just couldn't get the ball deep enough. And as you saw, like you commented on in there, it's like you got to get the depth, though. Like mm -hmm. it, if there wasn't depth, she was she was cranking them. So right. it, it's a, it's a really good strategy. And now that I have more more power, I, I can use it. And I've been really working on the variety of my volleys. So I mean, I, it's not just her I'm going to play like this. I feel like this is just going to be my strategy with everybody. Like, girls are getting good on both wings. Like, I'm just going to treat the court, ladies. Yeah. See, make them adjust. But, yeah, just put it, put that strategy into play and, you know, maybe someone adjusts. Maybe somebody just keeps doing the same thing that's not working. So, uh, yeah, I, lo I love the chess match. We talk about it in doubles too much, but – 
these uh these singles matches are getting pretty juicy and man it's just so it's just I, I love the great shots throughout the day I, I love you know I love all the play but when you get in these freaking 11 11 these 10 11 back and forth it's so freaking tense it's so good for viewing it's so good for everything and uh shit probably probably the best best women's singles match i've ever seen maybe the best uh, best match i've ever seen in terms of singles i heard that over ten thousand people were watching it on youtube oh I, I i totally believe it i didn't have the numbers right there in the booth but i mean it's creeping on six and seven and eight and a lot of other times so i don't see why it wouldn't have been 10k plus for that match I, i'm sure it started out with like a thousand to fifteen hundred around like you guys Blaze actually yeah. oh yeah oh I, I forgot we have to talk about this of course too what, what what do you think about the obvious new point of emphasis uh with the uh center championship court crowd situation and some of the you know more raucous uh uh actions and and possibly a little bit of chitter chatter during the point Okay, so the chitter-patter during the point is really annoying because this is a touch sport, so you guys know yourselves, like, if someone's doing something and you're, like, in your flow and you're just, like, it's a natural reaction. So that would be, like, people yelling in golf, in my opinion. And, like, it's, it's just more of a touch sport. But the ruckus, I mean, I, I'm a fan of it. I like it. It created, like, a huge atmosphere. A lot of the top players feed off of it. It makes for a better atmosphere. Um, and we got to do something like we need these things to become interesting. Like uh, it, there's a lot of tournaments and stuff. So, and as a player, like anything that kind of like, I don't even feed off the crowd and I did like a raise the roof. So <laughs> <laughs> it, it's as a player, it, it's, it's good too. Like when you're feeling down, maybe, maybe like some person in the crowd is pissing you off. Yeah. So, so you sure. think, you think, silence during points as crazy as you want between yes okay. as long as they're not like you know abusing players yeah yeah you know we don't need another uh tell us yeah yeah mcguffin situation you know that that's yeah, always uh, a line yeah uh did did the ppa bring in the frat boys do you know I, I think so. I mean, that that is what I heard. I have no idea. Um, I didn't even really know they were frat boys. Some people told me that, but it, it, I, I literally am not the person to ask with that. But yeah. not a bad idea. Yeah. <laughs> no, we were talking yeah. about it earlier. It was like, if I'm an MLP team owner, I'm pulling in a bus of people to come cheer for my team for sure. Right? Like, you know I mean, Timbo's listening to this. <laughs> my man, my man Tim Parks, roll the dice, baby. <laughs> oh, oh yeah, Leia. We were gonna ask you, uh, kind of a unique situation. I've only seen one other time, but the the win situation. What was kind of the protocols and procedure to? Uh, and was it already in place? Was it uh, a decision among the players? What what happened with the wind uh, halt of the action? Okay, so we still don't have a player's handbook, but it seems to be decided upon by all the players that 15 miles per hour is when, like, it really starts to become ugly pickleball. And I don't know if you guys were watching that match, but it really was, like, just gross and swirly and ugly. Um, and it was actually me and Jesse that said something because the net strap came up, and I'm like, I'm not going to play on this net. And, like, if you threw the ball up in the air, it went five feet sideways so all four players decided yeah we're going to come back in the morning um 
and finish it up. Okay, cool. Well, that, that, that was an easy explanation. Uh, yeah, no, I mean, it, it gets, especially when it's swirly, you know, if it's going one direction, it's, it's at least reasonable, but when it's swirly like that, it, it really does make a lot of the points pretty shitty. So, uh, yeah. Indoor pickleball for the win. Like, and Rob's been saying this, I just, <laughs> and everyone's like, well, tennis can play it outside and blah, blah, blah. I'm like, yeah, but a tennis ball is weighted, okay? Yeah. The elements affect the stupid little plastic ball so much that we should just make it indoors. Also, we don't really have a lot of outdoor venues that can fit everything, so. Yep. Agreed. There is something there. Yeah. I mean, I said, I kind of countered my own, my own argument earlier saying that like, there is something interesting about like seeing players adjust to variables, like a softer ball, a little wind, not crazy wind, but a little wind, um, just different conditions. You know what I mean? There's something to be said in terms of like watching that and seeing players adjust. But at the same time, it's also fun to watch very clean pickleball and just have the skill and talent win out. Yeah, and it, it creates a better atmosphere, in my opinion. It's, like, louder and stuff like that. So, yeah. I don't know. I, I'm definitely – I'm with you, Rob, on that one. Yeah. It's the future, Adam. Just accept it. It's the future. It. I, hey, you, you called it before anyone, so let's go. Mm-hmm. I'm, I, I like a nice, clean game. It's, it's just it's, – it's better for everyone, I think. So, oh, actually, Leia, so I was talking to uh, Dave Fleming in the booth a little bit, and he mentioned something about you having a visual – tracking coach that was down on the sidelines with you is that is that true yeah it was actually, uh, so you guys know how much i'm into my weird science brain training kind of. <laughs> um so i was actually he's from austin he has like i mean everyone's like so is he legit i'm like yeah He's legit, guys. Like, he's worked with Jason Giambi. He's worked with Barry Bronze. He's on contract with the St. Louis Cardinals. To He's like the slump hitting coach. And basically, what you don't realize in pickleball is, like, how much eye-teaming and tracking matter. Because you, you always have to be looking at the ball, right? So he could just tell my eye-teaming and tracking was bad. Like, really bad. My eyes were messed up. Um and so he, I, he knew I was from Austin, so he just reached out and he was like, hey, like, why, he works with Wyatt Stone because they knew each other somehow. And so Wyatt texted me about it and like, hey, this guy wants to meet with you. And I was like, you know, because, and Wyatt just was like, he sees things differently. And I went and met with him and he basically just told me like, he doesn't believe in a sports psychologist. And I was like, speaking my, up my alley. <laughs> and, um he thinks I have a really bad eye problem and I'm not seeing the ball. And he thinks he can help me beat Anna Lee. Um, he, he pretty much guaranteed it. And I was like, okay, like, sounds good. Um, he got me tested. We figured out my eyes were terrible. And basically my left eye and, you know, my right eye can't, like, track the ball. So I'm only seeing glimpses and stuff. And, like, I forget what the problem is and we're still working on it, but like it was really bad. And a lot of it was due to my diabetes. Um, so that's why all the haters out there who wanted to be like, well, what do you make terrible line calls? Like how many shit line calls have you seen lately? Like my eyes were just terrible. So um, they actually didn't want me driving because I was just so far ahead of things that they, they couldn't believe I was driving or anything like that. And um, we've just, it's he he's the one who made me start working with a trainer too and it's just all about you know 
beginning, your eyes and your brain instinct. I do a lot of tracking exercises and it basically works the eye muscles so I can always watch the ball. And it sped up my hand speed. It's made me a lot calmer. Um, and, you know, all elite level athletes do it. Um, so, yeah, it's just kind of been... And, he doesn't really do anything besides tell me what like my RPM needs to be at. So if I'm too low and I call a timeout, he's like, your, your energy is too low. You got to get your RPM, like get your rhythm going more. Or if I'm too amp, he's like, you're, you're too amp. You, he's taught me some breathing exercises, like bring your RPMs down. It's just a lot of that stuff just to make sure I stay in rhythm. And it, it maybe I felt like a lot mentally tougher out there. Got it. Wow. Yeah, that's 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 really cool. Uh, I'm I'm a big baseball guy, fantasy baseball guy. So I know that they were really into that analytically and they would like put colors and numbers on ping pong balls and shoot them at the players and stuff like that. So they could track the ball and try to see that. And I'm a firm believer that obviously you physically deteriorate as you get older. But I think a lot of the dip and level of some of the 40 plus players is from tracking the ball in vision. So I think it makes a lot of sense uh, what you're saying, uh, even for a younger player like yourself to uh, track that ball uh, as much as possible. It's moving quickly and very close to you. Uh, important overlooked aspect of the game, I think. Yeah. And, you know, I, you would be, you would be surprised that like a lot of the athletes that do it, it's really, it's tough, but um, it's, it's really been helping me and, uh, yeah, so he's really helped me and he's kind of really helped me be like, like, I, when he found out I didn't even work out, I was like, well, I do this and this. He's like, I don't care. That's good. But you have to like, how are you even playing? So that's, that's also a reason why when everyone was like, this is a fluke. I'm like, no, it's not. You don't understand. I've been competing with these people and I haven't put a day in the gym, like really anything. My abs, I still can't even do a minute plank, but they're a lot better. Um, I can hardly throw a medicine ball. Like a lot of these basic things I haven't done. Yeah. yeah. On that note, one, uh, one of the questions we got, we, you know, we asked for some questions on Instagram. Um, one was, and I don't know if this is related or if it might be related is what is it like living with type one diabetes just in general and also how it affects pickleball? Uh, living with type one diabetes sucks. I wouldn't wish it upon my worst enemy and uh, playing pickleball, it's, it, it's tough because you never know what you're at. It really affects your performance level. It affects your mental level and it's time to slow down or speed up. So it, it's tough and it's a, it's a, I work really hard at it. So, I mean, just imagine if you couldn't eat anything during the day without like doing math or like figuring out like, but, but if I eat this, will I go too low? Or if I got like, you know, there's just yeah. like it's just a full-time job. Yeah. Yeah. I don't think a lot of people understand kind of the difficulties that you face, you know, just even playing. So that's, yeah, it's pretty wild. Um, other questions are just basically what happened with that match. Uh, somebody asked what happened with a timeout maybe after game two going into game three was something, did something happen with a timeout? Yeah. I mean, we were only given one timeout. <laughs> What do you mean? We got, we got told before uh, game three that, you know, basically the match was taking too much time and 
we were only going to get one timeout, no video challenges for three game three because they were bad. I mean, I get it. Like they were balancing three different broadcast partners. Broadcast. Which, hey, just just check to see if your hand is on the mic, like on oh, the bottom sorry. of it. No, you're good. Sorry. I don't um, know. We're out of yeah. but yeah. So they were balancing three different broadcast partners. Yeah, and I, and, you know, it needed to be a hard go at for ESPN at this time. So. But you could actually hear Anna Lee, like at, at, on the camera at the last point. I was I was wondering what she was complaining about, but they came over and they told Lee, like she's got to go play right after this, and she's yeah. got to start. And she's like, they can't make me do that. Like I'm not going to do that. And so it was kind of like, and that that's what sucked about the match too is like there was all these scheduling conflicts throughout it that, yeah. um, like, I. I'm shocked she even came through in the clutch because she was just like, I'm not going to go play that match. And I don't blame her. Yeah. I had to go play a bronze afterwards that I wanted to play well before this match. So it, it's tough. So you played the bronze after the, um, after the singles. Yes. Whoa. Yeah. I didn't know that hadn't happened yet. Yeah. I mean, that's tough. I mean, so, and she found that out right after game two. No, she found that out uh, when she was coming out of the timeout at 9-8 in the third. <laughs> <laughs> Tough timing on that. Yeah, and, um, but we got told only one timeout, no video challenges. I'm like, come on. That's pretty like, brutal on like such an epic match, right? Yeah, and I would have liked two timeouts, you know? So it was, yeah, it was just kind of like, I mean, you can't put us over into ESPN, so. Yeah, so uh, I know you, I'll add Adam back to Yeah. Is this the first tournament you used that paddle? Yeah, I should have used it in Atlanta, but I was yeah. scared. I was like, yeah. I, I, I just need to make balls. Like, I, I don't know if I'll make balls. Yeah, and now now full-time staying with Perseus? Oh, yeah, yeah. absolutely. Yeah. yeah. I well, actually I actually think um, they – so they, they do go, you know, they last a really long time, but like uh, – I have one for three weeks I probably can't use anymore, but I'm going to keep that one and just practice with it. So my touch and my feel will become unreal by, by the time, like I go to tournaments. So if I play with it in Denver, uh, yeah. I can say like, I, if I can control it while it's past the brim. Yeah. And I mean, San Clemente is going to be much chillier. It's going to, I think the highs are in the sixties, lows are in the fifties. So it'll be much uh, faster conditions there. So, I mean, yeah, I'm not, I'm not playing singles there. I, I had already pre-decided before this tournament that, um, I just, yeah. You're going to have some tough. disappointed people not, not being able to see that. Rematch. I know, I know. Myself Connor, included. Connor last night was like, are you sure? And I, but I woke up this morning and I'm like, I, I know I'll get out there on Thursday and be like, why am I yeah, doing that? Why yeah. did I do this to myself? And we have MLP afterwards, and uh, we have a chance to make the super finals. So I got to be ready for that. And yep. um, I honestly don't know if having an epic back and forth singles match with Annalie would be good before uh, we play MLP. I think both of us need to be feeling good and confident. Yeah. And it's something we talked about earlier is that. You included. We we all talk about how singles is not the premier event in pickleball, and it should be, if not eliminated, definitely dumbed down to select tournaments or something yes. to where it's not as a primary event because it takes it like like you said, you're not playing because it takes a big toll. You know, yes. especially having to play Thursday, then Friday, Saturday, Sunday. It's it's a lot, 
And um, what, I mean, what are your thoughts now that like, I mean, you're, in my opinion, you're right on the precipice of being the number one women's oh, player, right? You guys, so, I'm pretty confident I'm going to be number one by the year's end. I'm very confident of it. And I'm not, I, like, I'm not afraid to play her. I'm not afraid to play her in singles. I'm not afraid to play her in doubles. I'm not afraid to play anybody. So um, I'm, I'm really confident in that just strictly because of my size. There's no reason she should be better than me because of my God-given size. Um, But I still don't like singles. Like, I've been very open about that. I still think it should be 10 tournaments out of the year, make them want more. And then, like, if the numbers don't increase, we should just get rid of it. Like, also, like, Vivian Glosman's coming in. Super great tennis player. There's no way that girl wouldn't be good at singles. She has my height. She can move well. She doesn't want to. Know why? Because every single tennis player is like, oh, no, no, no. I don't want to do singles. I I, like It reminds me of tennis. Spent her whole life doing that, not being happy (laughs) doing it either. That's what what everyone says. Like, no, 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 no. Everyone, like, why are you not playing? Oh, because, like, no one one likes it. It, It's not real pickleball. It's an interesting thing. I've never even thought about it really, but man, like thinking about how much you've played tennis throughout your life and you know, how much Annalise played pickleball, she's much fresher mentally than like spending the, you know, the decades playing tennis and just the grind and the burnout that we all experience playing tennis. She's also, she's also in that like invincibility phase. Like when I was 16 years old, like I was scared of no one, like I could do anything. Like, you know, like life hasn't hit you yet. Once life <laughs> starts hitting you, life hit me a long time ago. So I'm like trying to rebuild up 16 year old layup. Yeah. Find that invincibility. It's Hey, it sounds like it's coming. Like I, I love the, I love the energy and the fact that you believe that you will be the number one player. And I mean, I feel like any number one player that gets there has to believe that. So I, I know I know I had a lot of fans in that match, but I also had a lot of like, you know, there's always just gonna be the Leia haters that are like, um, that was a fluke. Like I'm like, <laughs> after that match and after that effort, you gotta DM me and tell me it was a fluke. Noted. Like I actually have a notebook uh I have written down like every single night of a lot of DMs, just like really a lot of the nasty ones and some quotes that I've gotten from some players. Um I or my 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 former runner of the team. Um, I got some some good Athena quotes in there from last year, and that I read every single night before I wake up and go do it again. Like, so it's just so dumb. Don't piss me off. Like, <laughs> well, I I think maybe what uh, was a springboard for this great match that you played was you yelling at the automated phone to change your flight before the match. You were pissed off. I, I just walk into the, the Oasis uh, waiting room and she's like, G46, just like screaming <laughs> in the phone, raging pissed. <laughs> I thought I was going to go play that match. Worst case scenario, I have to play a bronze match right afterwards, go play my singles, head home to to uh, the hotel, go shower, make my flight, get to go see my dogs. Nope, all of that got canceled. You add it more, you know, when it's Sunday and you're just like, already made your plans for Monday. Oh, I hear you. Oh, I, oh, I know. I, I very much know. And then I, I, I just knew, I knew that match was going to be close. So even if I won that match, I knew, like, I don't want to come 
off, uh, like when I want to go celebrate yeah. to go play a bronze match. And it's no fair to Jesse. Jesse would have been sitting there for like nine hours straight. Yeah. Getting a exhausted mentally and physically Leia, which is, you know, tough. She's had it twice now. Yeah. I texted her last night. I'm like, sorry, Jesse. Like you've had me after she had me in Atlanta after my Mary Brasha match. Yeah. And then she had me after after this after one. After my Anna Lee match. It's like two of the most epic matches of the year. And Jesse's yeah. just like, well shit. <laughs> how, speaking of that, um, how how did you feel on court with Jesse this weekend? So it's interesting because I know a lot of people were gonna have chemistry questions about us, but I really like playing with Jesse. Um, I, I I think she's a good partner to me. Um, and I don't really need a rah, rah, rah person. Uh, I actually find her like quietness rather calming um, because I, when people are really amped up, like, yeah, people can say like, that, that's great energy. But if you're just like, yeah, yeah, like, I know you're nervous. Yeah. Like I can feel it. So it was really nice and calming. And she, she, she treats me well, like, um, but I also meet her halfway. I'm not going to like, chest bump her and like be like let's go jesse because she doesn't like that so yeah. i meet her halfway so she meets me halfway um so i i think i i, I like it i and our i think she's a smart player I, I i like the fact that we can switch sides so yeah i have zero complaints i really feel, really enjoyed it what do you feel is, as of now is the biggest challenge for you guys as a team to kind of get over the hump of of you know going after those golds um, I just think the conditions haven't been as good. And I think uh, as a team, we have to be a little bit more aggressive. Um, I think Jesse plays better when she's like the starter of stuff rather than just kind of sitting and waiting. Um, yeah. But, you know, her, her and Anna Bright kind of started out, you know, these things take time. Uh, and we also just the, the conditions kind of played a lot into it. Like I, I, I told, I, I don't think I'm going to, I think our next tournament is it's in August and I'm not going to play singles at that tournament just to yeah. make sure. Just to give her the, yeah, I'm not going to be exhausted for bronze, but you're not going to be playing for bronze. You're going to be playing for what? We're going to be playing for gold for sure. I mean, we were right. We could, we could have, we were pretty confident that we were going to beat Catherine and Anna Lee. Like yeah. uh, we had, we had games. You're right there. Yeah. yeah. And I'm not, I'm not scared of that team. Like I, 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 I like playing them. Uh, I, I like playing Catherine in doubles. It's, I, I think Catherine's tougher in singles than in doubles in my opinion. Yeah. So um, I have a question for you guys though. Oh. If you could pick two players to that you think could team up and beat Anna Lee and Catherine, let's say, or AB. So you gotta, you can, let's say Anna Lee and Catherine, who would you choose? How about, how about we just go Anna Lee and AB and we just pair you with Catherine? How about that? Oh my God. <laughs> <laughs> that sounds fun. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it's, it's a shame though, because our game styles would go really well together. Catherine yeah. on the right, me on the left. We can both switch sides up a little bit as well, but yeah, that, you know, it just shows game styles aren't everything. Yeah, for sure. I don't know. Maybe, maybe the answer is someone we don't know yet. I don't know. So, you know who I think it is? Who? 
Leia Jansen and Vivian Glosman. Glosman, no, for sure. And I, we, we've talked about that uh, several times on the pod of that five ten girl. It's just, it's a big deal. Could you imagine me and her? Where, yes, where are you gonna it, go? It's, it's a big deal. Obviously, some nice height on the men's game, great. But that gap from five six to five ten is such a damn big deal for women's pickleball. You guys might be the team. Who well, on the left? Who on the left for that? Huh? Who on the left for that? And just watch so, the watch the mic. Here's man. the thing, because I talked to Andrea Coop about this. With certain players, it's actually better for me to be on the right because I'm working on my two-handed off-bound speed up, but I can do anything off my forehand. I'm very dangerous off of it. And since I got shoved to the right side last year, I had to learn how to play it. And I've actually gotten pretty good over there. And I feel like I have good hands to counter who's ever in front of me. So if I have a girl who has a really good two-handed roll, is more comfortable speeding up on the left side of their body, it's more makes way more sense for me to play the right and I'm really good over there so and I if you're stretched I have the ability to reach in and flick middle um and my backhand dink is good so I would be like Viv you're playing exclusively left you don't even ever ever have to worry about hitting a forehand dink in your life oh you're you're already on a Viv name basis this might happen soon I mean you didn't even call her Vivian there y'all are buddies <laughs> pair up match up let's no, go no I mean I think me and Anna Bright are in competition for this and Anna Bright is definitely a, a horse flanks away she's from got the, yeah, she's, she's, she's got the upper hand uh, for sure uh, but, but we no, think I, we, yeah, no go ahead Rob I was just gonna say because I haven't seen I haven't seen enough of Vivian play yet but so in terms of raw skills ability um, she has, you think she has all the ingredients to, to kind of be in that top five? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. And she was a, she was a very, very, very legit. So, uh, my dad and Vivian's dad know each other. She's a Pacific Northwest person. Um, her and my little sister know each other. They, Maya told her a lot about the coach at California when, before Vivian was about to go there. So, uh, she was super, super good at tennis. And the only reason, in my opinion, why she never went farther is she kind of had the same issue I did, which was just an overbearing dad just being like, do it, do it, do it, that yeah. she didn't want to do it. So she's told me herself, pickleball, I love pickleball because it's my thing. That's how I felt about pickleball. I work extremely hard at it. I think she'll go all in on it and – I mean, her hands are wicked, and she doesn't even know how to guard spots. She's using a Hyperion with no power, and she's already, like, outhandsing anyone who's in front of her with poppy nice. paddles. So, yeah. I, I, I mean, like... No, no, I, no, go, go ahead, go ahead, go ahead. I, I, I legit think she, if she wants to be and she trains for it, she, she can be the number one. Yeah, I, I saw her play briefly at the MLP, but... Uh, the, and that was an important point that you made too. I think people don't, they, they don't like lump them together together, but natural hand speed, extremely important, but covering the spots, it takes time to know, like, I mean, I remember Colin Johns, that poor bastard, the first few months was really struggling, uh, attacked. And, and once he reads the patterns where the ball's coming from and he can load or do his thing, then his hand speed, it, it really picked up for him. So uh, and the main thing for me, what I liked about Vivian Glosman, and this is always my number one thing for a new player coming in, is ease and smoothness. So yes. I, I saw that with Etta Wright. Like 
how early she was smooth in the midcourt and just not flailing, not a lot of this going on, just smoothness within herself. And I think that is the biggest thing to take a quick leap. If you're flaily and all over the place, it's just, you might get there, but it's going to take way more time. If you're smooth, calm and collected from the beginning, that is a big deal to me. And I think she had it. Yeah. And one of the big things for me too, that how, of, of how I feel about her is she's not, she's in Seattle. There's no one in Seattle. So I came into this and I had Andrea Coop, a, a top established pro teaching me. Anna Bright came into this and she had like a plethora of pros. Like Vivian, the little we've seen of her, she's had nobody like showing her anything. You know, she's just kind of out there figuring out herself. I think Anna gave her a bunch of stuff to work on. And that's the raw, 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 raw product. Yeah. I think just to talk about women on the rise, um, you know, obviously Vivian's younger and going to be very good. I think somebody that, I, that I've been impressed with lately that I think is probably the top ranked women's tennis player in the sport is Piznik, Tina Piznik, who was a top 30 WTA, very, very, very good WTA women's tennis player. And she's improving a ton. Um, her hands are, I mean, she was like a servant volleyer on grass, like, so yeah. has, has kind of the touch and the hands game as well. And she's, she's getting very good, very fast. So it'll be interesting to see how she kind of continues to develop. I mean, she's in her forties, right? So kind of, uh, I mean, still, still can be very relevant in women's doubles. You know, I, I saw, uh, she's lefty, right? Uh, no. she's righty. She's right. She's righty. Oh, she's righty. Okay. Um, does she like the right or left side? I think she likes the left better. Her backhand dinking is sharp. Like she doesn't miss yeah, much okay. and they're sharp dinks. I was watching her play against Lena and Susanna and I was like, dang, that girl's good. And then I heard um, about her. And then um, I was really impressed with her this weekend because she won some mixed matches with Colin Johns. So yeah, I call <laughs> that was kind of a funny dig. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but I, I actually called one. And it, it, it was pretty quality stuff. Like yeah, she they had went a good, three, right? good feel. She was blocking and countering with a one-handed backhand. She works with Dominic Catalano. So I was kind of going back and forth with Dom. She's like, it's, he's like, it's eight or nine months. She has the hunger for it. She is literally like improving as the day goes on that we're working together. So she obviously has the skill set. The only thing that would give me any form of pause is exactly what Rob said. Uh, the age of 42, uh, I believe is what it was, but she she obviously when, has some smoothness and some paddle racket skills uh, for sure. But when you have like that tough of mentality, you've been at that top level and you're like, I mean, that's why Matt Wright is so relevant. He is so good and so skilled. He's like, you know, he can like do everything. So that, that keeps him in the game. I mean, she has an even higher tennis background than Matt and she was, you know, that's the game style. So... She'll, she'll probably be like you know in the conversation quite a bit yeah, yeah and she's so she, she's pretty tall too uh looked like she had had a nice reach and yeah i mean i i've always said that about matt right is that he you know if he's not the top most couple skills. he might be he might be the number one most skilled and his you know zero out of ten in terms of athleticism is about a 1.46 so <laughs> he's obviously getting it done with incredible hands and incredible skill uh yeah. in his in his older age and you know gotta respect it and his mentality like I know a lot of people have been like just like this is bad this is bad like you know who was my uh my blueprint for this year 
that and I'm probably going to get some harp about. Not right. I thought Riley Newman had a meteoric rise last year. And it's because Riley Newman was like, you know what? I'm going to go be me. I'm going to be me times 10. Yeah. I, I, I was like, you know, you got to know where, like, I know some people are like, well, if that gets Riley's ego going, I'm like, no, that gets his game going. Like, that's what it does. Like, when I hate my opponent and I mouth off to you, that gets my game going. So I, I feel like uh, Matt is definitely one of those people as, as well, where he, his mentality is like, if you hate it, that's fine. But, I mean, it works for him and it works really well. It does. They're, they're both stone cold killers as far as I'm concerned, like mentally, <laughs> mentally, yeah. Riley and Matt, they're, they're just, they're, they're just, they're competitors, man. They just are. And, and yeah, big edge, big, big edge. When, when that's your mindset, I, I, I don't see how it's not. Yeah. I mean, I, I just really learned that I do well in chaos. So I'm just going to, I, my mentality is just to create a bunch of chaos during the matches because I've noticed a lot of girls don't like chaos. <laughs> like they, they don't like altercation. They don't like any of that. So if, if it makes me like feel more relaxed and like more in my element and it makes you feel completely out of your element, okay, I'm just going to keep doing that. Yeah, you, ju- you just make sure you keep those RPMs low. All right. You keep those RPMs no, low. Don't get too, too low. Up. But they can't right. be surged. Right here. Right here. Surged, That's where we need it. <laughs> like when I called that, I, when I, uh, did the like fake paddle tap clap for the crowd that went nuts over the net oh, board. Yeah. Uh-huh. He, he yelled out like, like keep him, keep lower them down. You got to lower them down. Through the roof, redlining. She's redlining. <laughs> and no, and then she did like a get it louder. <laughs> oh, good stuff. Anyway, so. Oh. Leia, any, yeah, what else you got? This is my last question for you guys. What okay. two players do you feel like can team up to beat the Johns? Because I'm getting really bored of the Matt and Riley and even more bored of the JW and Dylan matchup versus the Johns. I just don't know if JW wants it bad enough, right? That's always my thing with him is like, he doesn't seem like he cares that much. Dylan seems like he's got the fire and like really wants to make it happen. But JW just, man, I just want to see some... I, if if J-Dub had George's energy, my God. Well, it's just like at this point, it's like he's got to develop an off-bounce forehand. Like the, every single ball is going there. He's not yeah. adjusting. So until he develops that, once you – like the kid's got mad skill. He's so good. Um, I just think he needs to gain some confidence in himself and see himself how we all see him and get an off-bounce forehand for the third year in a row, dude. Come on. Yeah, and I, I think – I, I, I would disagree a little bit with Rob. I actually think he might want it more than you think. Uh, yeah. Now, the demeanor obviously would lean more towards uh, Rob's assessment, but I, I think that there might actually be a little fire down there in the young buck. And But I do also think I see it a bit more uh, with Dylan Frazier. So I actually think that Riley was wanting to play with JW, and JW actually picked Dylan. I think that's right if, if I – uh, remember hearing that correctly. So, yeah, that's that's a really tough call right now. And you know, I'm thinking. So, what do you out- think would be more dangerous, Dylan and Riley, or J Dub? And I, I think I, Dylan and Riley. Dylan and Riley, no I doubt. I like Dylan and Riley, no I, doubt. I like I like Dylan and Riley right now. And af- besides for that little group of players we've been talking about, I, I'm not sure that I would grab someone from that that 
next lower tier and bring them up. I think you have to mix within those players that we're talking about to, to win. I think if James improves, James and Matt would be a great team. If James improves, because, you know, you never count on Matt, right? And I think he's a lethal right side player, but that's going to be if James can really up his men's doubles game, which I think he can. Um, and Dylan, Dylan and Riley, I mean, I think they need to have more flexibility between J-Dub and Dylan. Like, Dylan is a great mixed doubles player, and he plays the left side. Like, yep. this exclusive matchup, it's it, like, and I was in it, like, last last year, so it would sometimes frustrate me. I'm like, okay, we're losing. I'm not incompetent over there. Why don't we just Mix do it? it. Up. I don't know. <laughs> like, let's Mix it up. Let's get it. crazy. Yeah. Yeah. I, I mean, I know. They're probably just really set in it, but like that, my big question is like, why don't they just switch it? Like, just you know, just switch. Dylan's good over there. So Dylan and Riley's ability to play both sides—they're both love. They love to attack. They they have hands. I really think Riley's mentality would be great for Dylan. Like, you know, make him a stone cold killer. And yeah, I I, I think that would be a a really good team. The Johns struggle with Dylan. You know, Dylan and Zane had match points last year. Dylan and uh, DJ, I think, have played them maybe close. Dylan, before, Dylan but... and DJ should have won. They were up pretty. They won game one and were up in game two. Uh, I can't. I don't remember the exact numbers, but you're exactly right. Yeah, it, 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 it's it's based off of having having the ability to hit good spots off the bounce. Though it's required. It's required. Yeah. Yes, and they both they both can do that, and like their ability to switch up. And um, if I have one thing about Dylan, it's I think when the moment comes, he, he shrinks a little bit. And who better than Riley Newman to show you how to bring that one home? 100%. I mean, say, say whatever the hell you want. The, the man commands respect on the court, and that's just a fact. It, it's going to it's going to leak over to his partner. You can't, like, not feel that and have that come over to your side of the court. Uh, it's, he just has it. He has that edge. Yeah. And it, I think, it, I think that would just be great for Dylan. I really, but you know, Jack Sox coming into the game. So Riley's probably leaning towards that way. So yeah. and, you know, James yeah. and Dylan, I think if, again, that's on James, if he develops. So yeah, I don't know. I, I, I'm wanting some mix ups. Yeah. yeah. I, no, I, I would James, James of that group, James definitely needs a step forward to to be there but has some of the best tools to make that step so uh, will, will he plateau will he continue to rise who really knows but uh I, I would definitely say he he is a slightly lower on my list than, than, than those other players we mentioned and of course jack sock uh yeah who <laughs> uh super spicy can't wait no the men's game needs something i think it's the most boring event right now is men's doubles yeah it's tough and really yeah i mean for from just like an aesthetic looking at it perspective, you can't not like women's doubles more. Now I played so much men's doubles in my best event. And that's why I like it the most, not because I like watch necessarily like watching it more. Yeah. So uh, yeah, I agree. That's it. That's all. That's yeah. the only question. Perfect. I you said it. You guys never uh, really gave me concrete ones, but on, on the women's team or men's team, but what else? Uh, no, did, did I know? I, 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 I will say, Dylan and Riley. Okay. I, I, I will say that, and I will I, I don't see how you cannot say Jack Sock and Riley as well. <laughs> yeah. uh, if he decides to, to decides to go to go full send. And I will slightly put Matt Wright 
uh, down in between that group of players. And then I'll have James a little bit lower just from Matt Wright's age uh, specifically, not, not from a skill perspective. So I would say that, and I'll tell you right now, I'm on board with you uh, on the Vivian. It's going to be someone like that. It might not necessarily be her, but it's going to be someone like that. Uh, and I, I think that I might want to uh, experiment or think that someone like that more than someone that's already established and, and we know more about uh, to really jump in there and cause some chaos at the top of the game. Is Georgia just, is Georgia just lacking Georgia Johnson? Is she just lacking the steadiness right now? Because, I mean, hand speed-wise, I feel like she's right there. Is it just the consistency? Yeah. Yeah. And, and I, I think so. I mean, I just I, – I also think at a, um, at a certain point, um, movement does come into play a little bit with the game style that she wants to play. So, you know, as she gains more physicality, though, yeah. it, it, it will come. But um, I think, she, yeah, I mean, she's she's right there. But I'm talking about someone who I really think in like like the next wave can really come in. Um, I, I I definitely really think her. Yeah, no, I, I agree. I think a slight little bit of decision making as well. So uh, I, I think sometimes she gets a little I don't know stuck in between or or occasionally uh, reaches in too much, even though that is nice play for her. I just think she hasn't fully optimized uh, her skill set. So uh, that combined with her age could could see a, a rise uh, sooner rather than later. Well, if she were to ever commit to me, Viv, I would just fly there, give her a Perseus and be like, we're going to learn some off-bound speed ups. And I'll never have to take it. <laughs> yeah. Flick yeah. and clean up. Let's go. Let's yeah, go. So, hey, speaking of never dinking, not a bad performance from Edda Wright and Dizon either. No. They, they look, they look, I mean, it, it was big time chaos and big time speed ups, not only thirds, fifths off the drive, but but also from the kitchen line, we lost her. Yeah, but no, you're perfect right. Perfect timing. But you're I right. I think it's probably, it's probably perfect timing. Yeah, I mean, we're leaking, we're leaking late, but just to talk about, I mean, dude, Edda's, Edda's money and Dizon's plan, she's had a year, man. She's She's gotten great results this year and I'd be curious to see if they keep playing together. She, she always had the skill set. Yeah. Uh, and she just kind of, and, and I think more, like, obviously when someone has a skill set like her with the power, you're like, well, she just has to clean up the soft game. I actually think from kind of some of the things she's given away in interviews and talking to her briefly, that it's more just mental belief than actually cleaning up the soft game. So yeah. it's wild to think that, something as important in pickleball as a soft game could actually not quite be as important for her results as, as belief and not putting players on a pedestal. So just another, another indicator of you, you must have a balanced profile these days. If, if you're just really good at one thing, it, it's not going to work. You, you have to, you really have to have it all to be at the top these days. Yeah. And I know we're still seeing a lot of triple crowns, but at the same time, I feel like, dude, if we're talking about the gap between the top and like, you know, that kind of second spot on both sides, men's and women's, like that gap is shrinking and it's shrinking quickly, in my opinion. Yeah, I mean, we're, we're seeing it's, 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 yeah, it's coming. Yeah. Constantly shrinking. I agree. Yeah. Uh, hour and 40 minutes. I'm going to take a nap. Uh, yep. This was a great episode. Lovely. And uh, we will chat soon, pal. All right. Bye, Leia. <laughs> Peace. Because you know why? Why? Because it feels right. It feels right. Legendary. Yeah.